0: On this week's show, we're going to do a year in review in science. We're going to talk about male birth control and not condoms. We're going to talk about biometriology and free will. Let's do it. Three, two, one. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the Beta Sandwich Science Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Beta Sandwich Science Podcast, your source for news and trends in the molecular biosciences. This is episode number 117, recorded January 6th, 2016. I didn't blow it. I thought I was going to say 15 because, you know, like when you write 15, like the first 20 times you have to write it on a piece of paper and then you have to scratch out the five and put a six because it's 16. No.
1: You must be talking to the audience because we're not allowed to talk until you introduce us as you've lambasted us about so many times <laughs> in the past.
0: A grand total of zero times. <laughs> Dr. Dale Jackson. Hello, Dr. Dell. How are you? I'm all right. Still stinging from
1: the rubber hose treatment, but otherwise just fine.
0: <laughs> There's got to be something sexually charged in that statement that I just failed to capitalize on. But uh, yes. OK, <laughs> we're off to a, a bang here. Uh, and ca- oh, geez. OK, uh, Carolina Balkenbush, are you here?
2: I am here. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay. You are right, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you asked a question, you got an answer. i I'm, I'm all over the charts today. Um hello Carolina. How's carolinaskitchen.com? It's it's been on the down low or, or is it still down lowy?
2: There uh there's a recipe for dog treats up there. I don't want to neglect the uh the furry uh, family members you may have. So there's a recipe for dog treats and there's another recipe for um a soup coming out mm-hmm. very soon.
0: Now are the dog treats perishable?
2: Um. Yes, they are, and they're also delicious. I tried them. They're they're suitable for human consumption as well.
0: Are, is this just like a chocolate cake that you're calling a dog treat?
2: Well, it's so funny because my task was to make over a recipe from page fifty two of a cookbook, and so I found a recipe for um, peanut butter cookies, and I remade it into a dog treat by uh, basically adding bacon to it.
1: Wait, if that's all you did, I would eat these. <laughs> I would eat the you know what out of them.
2: Now Let's check you it say out. said you were exactly charged with it is. is
0: is this like something you were like assigned to do as part of your job or is this like a personal like I must do this?
2: Part of this blogging club that I participate in has it gives me like a challenge once a month that I should do. And I was kind of uh I kind of bailed on it the past two months. So I decided to hop back on the wagon and participate in this particular challenge. So it's usually something fun. They have you make over a type of recipe or um come up with some creative variation on uh on something like a crock pot meal or like a lasagna yeah well, so it keeps like the that. ideas flowing
0: keeps them flowing yeah but you
1: just basically took an existing thing and you're like how do i make this for a dog yeah so you, is that like gonna be your new thing now it's gonna be like lasagna add <laughs> bacon dogs.
0: <laughs> yeah. All, well, yeah. It doesn't really matter as long as there's meat and spaghetti. In it, really like it. Add bacon.
2: <laughs> well, you know, it is a good starting point.
0: That's not for dogs. <laughs> that's for humans. Everything you're sounding saying sounds better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, well, cool. Um, Christian, are, how's your Skype doing? Are you are you back with us? I am. Cool. How was your? Uh, I was never away. You were never away. How's your week been? Anything fun or exciting going on?
3: Um, if you consider writing qualifiers fun, then yes, it's been a hoot.
0: Yeah. How, how are you? Are you closing in on success on that one or, or how's that working out?
3: I, um, I have reached a place where I don't think that I am the worst human being on the planet at science. So we'll see how that goes.
0: That, yeah, that's like the calm before the storm. You're like, this is all going to work out fine, and then you realize there's like a million little things that you still need to do, which I'm sure isn't the yes. case. You're going to do great. Um,
3: well, and my qualifier has to be 14 pages long. Yeah, yeah. So you got lucky. <laughs> I
0: did. Well, I mean, mine was like 11, but yes, I, I, I do, I do appreciate those three less pages. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. Do you have a date yet?
3: Um. The turn-in for the paper thing is due uh, the 15th, and then buckson said two weeks, and then we'd schedule a date.
0: Yeah. So. All right, man. Well, it'll be good, good to have luck, that man. in the rearview mirror. Yeah, absolutely. You'll do fine, of course, yeah. which yeah. I think we've already it'll, discussed people crush saying that. It. crush yeah, it. Yeah, I'll
3: crush it. Or it'll crush me. One of those two. <laughs> <laughs> it's a
0: 50-50. The, uh, I did my qualifier like three days before I got married, so like. They kind of took pity on me and then I just finished and like there was no celebrating. I literally just had to go home and like start making like decorations because of our cheap wedding. And I'm like, <laughs> I guess I'll go take the afternoon to make decorations. It was good times. So I'm yeah. just but, gonna
3: point out that, that Scott's wedding was A, not cheap. And B, everybody makes decorations for their own wedding.
0: Is that how is that yeah, unless you're like That is norm a Kardashian or something. Norm. Right.
3: Yeah. Even yeah. then they probably had some hand in it.
0: Our wedding may not have been cheap, but it wasn't expensive. I think um, if you take photography out, which was real important to me, our whole wedding was like, <laughs> I don't know, like $1,500 or $2,000. Um, well, oh, well, that's like, impressive.
3: Yeah. It wasn't like on the steps of the Vatican or anything, but I mean it wasn't like a cheap little wedding with like three people and a couple of cans of beer. <laughs> yeah, more like the Well, dude, the, the po- national the average wedding. is like
2: 25000 Yeah, it's nice. Is
0: it really? Yeah. Oh, control, it's, it's, yes. uh, it is just such a crock of crap. And I, thank God Dharma didn't uh, want a, a diamond ring. Yeah, that's what you. If you're gonna spend five grand, you elope to Hawaii. That's how you do it. I completely agree.
3: That's exactly how much we spent. (laughs) Yep, (laughs) for the whole trip.
0: Right. Yeah. And you had a great time. Yes. And uh, yeah, yeah. Good for you. That's exactly how it should be done. So, um, man, do you guys watch Netflix? Have you seen Making a Murderer? I just have to. Started
2: watching it last night, thanks to you, Scott.
0: Yeah, it is so good. The so it's it's ten hours, and if I were to have one complaint. It doesn't need to be 10 hours. And it drags a little bit in the middle, but you have to get over that little bit of a hump because we almost stopped watching it. And then, like, right around episode four or so again, like, it just launches off. So don't give up on it if you find you're hitting a lull. But our, to all of our listeners, please check out Making a Murderer. It's uh, pretty excellent. So
3: there
0: you go. There you go. There you go. That's all so I got. That's been your week. That's been my week. Yeah, I emailed the SpaceX li- uh, liaison for the for the the thing because I'm like, so uh-huh. I kind of have a really big camera lens. I'd like to bring to the shoot. Is that gonna or to the launch? Is that gonna be a problem? And they're like, yeah, as long as it fits in a backpack, you can do it. I'm like, sweet. So now uh, I get to take pictures. Yes, uh-huh. I'm an so amateur again? photographer for anyone who did not know that. Um, uh, He's using not this the word weekend, amateur loosely. Uh, it's. I, I think that's a compliment, and I'll take it as, as such. And thank you, Christian. It is, yeah. Um, yes. It's. Uh. Not this weekend, but next weekend. So. Um. So there we go from that. So. Anyway, it's been pretty low key. Anyone else got anything noteworthy, or should we? Um. Should we talk some sciencey talky talks?
3: Talky talk. Science blast. Pew. Oh. Science blast. <laughs> so was why was mine the only real
1: pew? Why do we need to? I said a
0: boom or something.
1: Yeah,
2: okay. I heard that. I was, yeah. if it was part of the recording. Yeah,
0: Dale. Uh, yeah, Dale. I know because you were talking over the lead-in. That's that's how I know you did it. <laughs> that's how I remember. Oh, but
1: <laughs> sorry.
0: How dare you wanna, destroy the you sanctity of the again? show? You want to play it again? Why don't oh, you fart in the rubber hose again? <laughs> you like the hose? <laughs> he puts the lotion in the basket, where he gets the hose. <laughs> 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 okay sciency talk-y, talky anyone have a deep burning desire to just rattle off about their favorite thing in this world that involves their science story Me. go for you it
3: Me. I'll go first that okay. way I don't have to segue from anything you get to segue Hooray. from rubber hoses so yeah so speaking of rubber hoses um <laughs> So Never funny. I don't, I don't know. I, I think we've mentioned this on the show before that Scott and I have these fantastically in-depth talks about free will because we both have very, very, different opinions on the subject. And while I would love to spend an hour and a half on a podcast talking about free will with Scott, because to be honest with you, it makes drunk people avoid us. Um, Angry. But this, I, I chose this paper, not so much as, as bait for that, but just because I think it's an interesting – it's got some interesting ideas in it, and there's some science in there that I'm not 100% sure on. And it also includes a little bit of um, what I call hand-waving importance, which is you're going to do some research, and you need to make somebody care about it. So you're going to kind of work it into a narrative, and that's what we call – we in science, you say, what story are you telling? And a lot of times the story is a pretense to get some research done for something that you think is interesting. Like, for example, I love, let's say, Heat Shock Protein 27. Love it. Read about it. Spent the last few weeks immersing myself in it. But you know what, not everybody else cares about it. So I have to find out something that heat shark protein might be doing that someone else would care about before I'm going to get any money in a grant or anything like that. Grant writing 101 is you have to make the other people care about what you're doing. So this research is presented as a sort of a, a free will question. And I don't think that the research actually answers that question, but I think it's interesting nonetheless, so I'm going to talk about it. Um, what they're doing is, a long time ago, and this is actually, it's brought into the free will debate because I, I've used this particular set of um, experiments that they based this on as an ar- argument against free will. And that is, scientists can hook your brain up to a machine, and they can actually predict your choice of movements several milliseconds before you make before you know you're going to make it so um what they call this is readiness potential so your brain has a readiness potential that says if they give you a choice between say left and right hand they can tell milliseconds before which hand you're gonna pick which um is pretty it's pretty freaky if you think about it um but
0: that's just the time it takes from the brain to send the signal to the muscle am i, am I hearing this wrong
3: No, this is the time between when the brain says so and when the person decides to do it.
0: Oh, so this is precognitive. You're going straight up minority report here.
3: Yeah, no, this is milliseconds before you become conscious of it. And the way that that particular experiment was done, and these are all, um, I don't want to say they're not hard science, but these are all sort of the kind of experiments that you hear about in like People magazine. but. They have a person sitting with a left and a right button. I know, don't you? (laughs) I kind of (laughs) do. It's
1: like a guilty pleasure, yes.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a person sitting in a room, and they have a left and a right button that they can push with their left or right hand. And in front of them is a clock. And the researchers actually don't give a flying hoot when the person pushes the button. What they care about is when the person decides to hit the button. So what the person does is, is the researchers have them sit there and they say, okay, we're going to monitor your brain and you push either the left or the right button. But I want you to look at the clock and remember the time that you decided to make the push even before you pushed it. We want to measure how long it takes for your reflexes or something. They give them some sort of, they always lie. They always give them some sort of alternative goal to immerse the person in the experiment so they're doing it the way they want them to do it so they tell them we need to know how long it takes between when you see it to when you push the button and what they found was that they were actually monitoring even before all of that they could predict that um, button push milliseconds before the person would report that they decided to do it so this was really interesting research and it was sort of it created this non-free will sort of environment, which I don't think has been debunked by any stretch. I don't think free will makes any sense. But the point of this research was to say, hey, can we find a mechanism where the conscious mind can intervene and change that predicted output? So what they did is they set up a computer game where the computer was controlled by the pre um, readiness potential that the human being had. So the game was they push left or right to respond to the computer to try to beat the computer out. What they did is they hooked the computer's choices up to the precognition that they get by looking at the, the readiness potential in the brain. So the computer knows what button you're going to push milliseconds before you push it. And then they asked, can the, the people still beat the computer.
0: Hmm.
3: And the answer is yes, they can still beat the computer, which is interesting. Um, What they found was through a number of different sort of experiments and parsing the experiments was that people could beat the computer, but they could not change their mind after a certain point which was called the point of no return. And this is um, the name of the paper is actually the point of no return in vetoing self-initiated movement. So what they found was that people could consciously veto their choice and change which button they're going to push at the last second. I know second sounds funny when you're talking milliseconds, but they could change their button at the last moment and beat the computer um, knowing that the computer is predicting their movements from their brain. So, I don't think that has anything to do with the free will question, but I thought that it was interesting research. And um, so, there you know, it well, is. It's, it sounds like you there's
0: can... a, like a, like a, I want to say like a cascade where there you can manipulate things to a point, but once you hit a, a kind of a point of no return, the cascade forces the completion of the task. Does that make sense?
3: In an abstract sense, yes, but of course, then you have to ask, when you say you, who are you talking about? Because the cascade that initiated, because we can see a readiness potential for physical motion, which is all of this is based on readiness potential for physical motion, and that there is some other potential that has the the capacity to intervene in that, that doesn't somehow magically make that second intervening potential come out of nowhere it had to come from somewhere the brain had to process that at some level and so the idea that your brain can is like your conscious brain we act like our conscious brain and our subconscious brain are two different things like they're two separate people and that one of them is standing in the way of the other but they're whatever is happening in the subconscious is affecting all of those processes. I mean, it, it's literally impossible for it to be any other way. So I don't think that this says one way or the other on, on that particular, like, idea, because we have no idea what's going on. But it, all we know you say is that, that
0: if, some, if someone had some, a different genome, like you and I have different genomes, and right. we both receive the same stimuli... And a couple different uh, uh, areas of the brain are fighting over how to deal with that stimuli. Our genetic makeup could affect which of those competing uh, uh, stimuli interpreters ultimately wins. And so – but it's still – Okay. Go ahead.
3: Okay, yes. No, I totally – I get what you're saying. And I want to clarify for the – for the audience who, what Scott's saying is, it's not that your genes are going to interfere with the nerve processes. What he's talking about is that as you developed, your brain was patterned or wired in a specific way by your genetic code that would predispose you to one or the other. Because that's the only way that you could interfere with that process. Because if our brains were exactly the same brain receiving the exact same electrical input, the exact same nerves are going to fire
0: right and we the we're, only
3: way for it to be different we, is if and the we nerves are and we different. both
0: understand there's epigenetic aspects here this is we're just talking a little bit more of a simple model
3: but right yes. right right but i mean none of that comes into play at the moment of decision you're not changing gene expression or anything and epigenetics has no control over which nerve is responding to what input at what time all that is is that's the setup that builds the playground that the kids are running around
0: it. Yeah, but see, that's where and, I would disagree. I think that that genetic and epigenetic makeup that if 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 we have a hundred different pipes to put water down, and each pipe leads to a different decision, certain pipe openings get bigger and smaller based on genetics and epigenetics. So, so this may be but making not at your the moment of decision. But right. not that. At but what you're decision. calling a decision is what pipe the water's going down that is what i would
3: consider it right but that pipe doesn't change because you want it to the pipe was there beforehand and we you and i both know the way nerves work they either activate because of an electrical potential or they don't Mm -hmm. you don't have any control over that
0: Right, I, and that, and It that, doesn't even
3: make any sense to say you in that context. What does that even mean? You have control over it. There is no you outside of those electrical firings. Those electrical firings are you. It, 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 so and there's we're no rapidly, way for you to control them.
0: With the exception of not being drunk, <laughs> we're rapidly reaching our, our, same, <laughs> our same point that we always do in these conversations about this. So it, you're right. But, it's a broader point topic is, for things.
3: Right. But this particular research is interesting because there is – to me, it shows that there are several layers of information processing in your in your mind, and you process a very basal, I guess you'd call it, motor function readiness potential, but then it isn't surprising, and I don't think it has anything to do with free will to say that there are other layers that can intercept that. Now, if you're talking about why did you choose at that moment not to press the button you initially felt like pressing, that's a completely different story. And that's where you go down the rabbit hole. But I think just on the surface, it shows that our brains work by a sequential layering of these processes.
0: Don't say anything if you think I'm right. Yes. Oh, wait, are you all gone?
2: No, no, oh. I'm here. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh,
0: where did I go? Lo- there okay, you are. Okay, you're you're back. We, we we basically lost you, but I think I think we get the point. Yeah. Okay.
3: Where where did I cut out? Anywhere important?
0: Uh, je- about about eight seconds ago, we lost about eight seconds worth.
3: Okay.
0: But um, uh, to me, like what this, I mean, not to generalize, but what this points out and what makes it super interesting is. How and pe- neurologists always get upset when I say this, uh, or the neuroscientists I speak to, which is how we're at such a fledgling level of understanding of the brain. And yes, we know a lot more than we did a hundred years ago when phrenology was, you know, the fun thing to do. But <laughs> but the That's fact true. of the matter is, is we still know practically nothing. Like we like what we know. It, it, it's really interesting, but it's so. It's so, um, f- we're just, we're at a fledgling level of neurology, and it's a very exciting time to be in it because we're making all these wonderful discoveries. But yeah, we can't really infer what's going on here. We can't even, the C. elegans has like, we've talked about this, has like 150 neurons or whatever, and we can't even model that in a computer, mm-hmm. you know, effectively. Yeah. So, so we will get there, but yeah, we're, it's funny. This this question, this research has brought up a question that's like a uh, it's like a twenty like sixty two level question. You know what I mean? Like we will get yeah, there, but yeah. we just don't have the tools to answer properly.
3: Right. And what all they're doing is looking at phenomenological. I'm gonna use a Buxton word from man, and level. you got
0: it all out oh, perfectly. I always stumble on that. I
3: one. did. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, they're just looking at phenomenological processes. They're saying. When this happens, this happens. And we can correlate those two. And we can even say there's some things about the brain we can say there's a causation there because you can go in with a wire and short out the brain and things will happen. So you can say, ah, this is affecting this process. But we, in terms of what you're saying, we're just, we're literally like building with Legos, um, the Empire State Building. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, it's exactly right.
3: We're playing with Legos compared to that. So, right.
0: So cool! Well, thanks, then. Christian. That's a great little, great little segment. Perhaps more free will in the future.
3: <laughs> we should just record ourselves and like do a do a supplement podcast on it. <laughs> the
0: atheist be and hilarious. the atheist. Debate free will. Cool. Well, thanks, Christian. Uh, you know, I, I want to hear about a year in review with a proper segue. If that's if that's a, okay, Doctor Dell.
1: Well, if free will uh, makes a big splash, we'll be talking about it next year in the same segment on reviewing the uh, top science stories from the previous year.
0: Well played. I'm confused enough by that that I'm assuming it was intellectual (laughs) and intelligent. Oh my God!
1: Oh, then I have I have you fooled as well. But uh, (laughs) that's great. So I had wanted to do this study last week, but um. I guess we'll do it this week so happy new year dear listeners and fellow contributors so we wanted to take a look back at the most winningest science stories from 2015 and I was going to do like a review of the top highlights from the Beta Sandwich Science podcast but since I never listened to this podcast I just participated in it Uh, I couldn't tell you (laughs) what our highlights were but I did try to go through the website to see what uh, to see if we had any matches from this other story that I'm going to share, and we actually did. So, I guess you know
3: what—I have a yeah. highlight. You returning to the show.
1: Oh, oh that was a the highlight. Oh. Of the year.
3: There you go. Oh, was, but I, yeah, not I, a I,
1: science I, highlight. Not a science <laughs> highlight. So we don't no. care. <laughs>
3: well, You are a scientist, and you came back. Therefore, it's sciency.
0: <laughs> I did think you were lost forever into the 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 void. So uh, we are we are really happy. Oh, really?
1: Well, well uh, just with fatherhood
0: yeah. well, and work, I just like I'm like well, yeah. Dell's run his course. He's he's living life now, like he doesn't need the show. <laughs>
1: well, the thing is, is I used to only do two things, which is work and um, be with my family, and now I do three things, which is the podcast. I really don't do much more than this. That's kind of sad. But anyway, <laughs> let's get back to what the people are tuning into, which is <laughs> science. science. So, what would you guys say, Carolina Christian? Scott, um, if you had to th- sit back and retrospect and think what what do you think is the top science story from last year? Hmm.
0: <sighs> I I know one of the big ones that's been listed. I've seen a few of these lists although I've forgotten almost all right. of them. You and should probably, go last. Okay, I'll go last.
2: Yeah, because I haven't seen any of these lists. Well, um, no, but
0: just so what do you thinking, think it, like, happened in
1: 2015? Spiderweb.
3: I I think for me it was the the ph thing was that this year the stem cell thing. ph switching
0: oh, uh, oh that turned out to be but, bs that one
3: yeah 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 i think that was if you're talking about just news in science oh did
1: that did that get um debunked yeah.
3: i remember oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it got, got retracted.
1: it got retracted yeah
3: i thought it got retracted yeah. cuz i
1: remember when it was released we were even all we were high, i think that was earlier cuz i remember when we first discussed the story um, and then, even at the time, talking about it being
0: debunked. About using pluripotent cells, adjusting the uh, acidifying the pH or something, and then you get complete adult drive stem cells. Is that the one we're talking about? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Yeah, the one yeah,
0: there. yeah. That was completely retracted. Yeah, that that is that is no more. Yeah. And it was like a Nature paper or something. It was pretty cool.
3: That's why, to me, it sticks out. Like that was huge.
1: Yeah. Well, that so. would have been. Yep that would have been uh, the story for 2014. But yeah, that's a
0: big one. I thought that was, I thought that
1: was this year. Uh, that was Google. last year?
0: It could have been know. last year. Oh, Google yeah. says last year. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> well. Alright, Caroline, you gotta spit something routine? out. Uh, what, what's just... the biggest dietary nutrition
1: story?
2: Uh, GMO like? salmon. That's
1: a big one. Oh. The monster fish? What was that? Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Which was yes. also
0: my porn name. <laughs> Fun fact: oh, I God. can't,
1: can't drop. Shit. I can't drop cuss words. You get to say that nonsense.
0: Well, it was monster Not salmon. Not there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: All right. So, what's Deeply the big story there? Monster salmon. Uh, uh, CRISPR for, for me is view. what I'm going. Yeah. To, um, so, cri- yeah. Go ahead. So, CRISPR was named in uh, by Science, Science Magazine, as the breakthrough of the year. Uh, that's also, you know. Working in the industry that I work in, um, we it's also been a hot topic for us. A lot of our uh, customers, of course, are utilizing this technique, so it's on our minds. We're trying to understand it so that when customers come to us and say they want to automate um, uh, assays using CRISPR, we actually know what they're talking about. But yes, that's definitely the biggest one. What I didn't really realize, and you guys probably are well aware of this, is that it it's actually kind of an old technique. It's um, actually made big splashes in 2012 and 2013. But the, according to this article uh, on the science ScienceMag.org website, they state that the reason why it's, it rose to the forefront this year um, is because of its application. And so they had talked about uh, it was used to eliminate pests and diseases, but the biggest application, do you guys remember what it is?
0: Some sort of gene therapy,
1: right? uh,
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, duh. It was the babies. The Chinese, they... It was the big
3: thing.
1: Yeah, so China actually edited uh, human embryos with it. And um, that's sparked, obviously, actually, both applications sparked a lot of controversy. But the, the article put it best for me. So, again, CRISPR is not necessarily a brand new technique in terms of it being developed in 2015, uh, came out in 2012. But they this article quotes um, bioethicist Hank Greeley, and I think he sums it up the best. He compared CRISPR to the Model T Ford, um, which wasn't the first car necessarily, but definitely the one that um, brought on the onset of the automotive revolution, so to speak. So as someone else had mentioned, it brought democratization of gene targeting. So CRISPR makes it now easy and accessible for people to do gene editing.
0: Could either you or Christian give a literally a 15-second explanation of CRISPR um, just so people, if anyone doesn't know listening?
3: Um, Enzymes are hooked to RNA guide strands that target those enzymes to the specific complementary segment of the DNA. So if you're looking for a gene that has a specific sequence, you can cut it. By putting a complementary RNA strand and hooking it to a nuclease, and the nuclease will then bind wherever the RNA binds and cut the DNA right there.
0: And ultimately, what is that doing?
1: Um, Turning well, on, off, or moderating the it, it depends the on activity
3: what you're doing. A gene. Yeah. It, you can put in a guide strand and change it, or you can just let it cut, and then non-homologous end joining will create a, a broken gene, and you'll it'll, gene it'll be a knockout. Out. Yeah. So you can add or subtract.
0: The reason, like, if you don't actively research why this is such an amazing breakthrough is that traditionally, if you want to degrade a gene, remove it, express it in, a, in an organism where it's not there, these take... We've done it. We do it in our lab. This takes months and months of trial and error. Yep. And you're not doing this in a... You can do this in a living system. You can take a mouse. You can on the fly turn off destroy a gene uh, make it hyperactive all these things that it's it's taking something that used to take years and you can do it in weeks or months now and it's just really amplifying the process and how quickly we can do things and you can see a lot we didn't see before too so this is a is a giant really important story with we, we there's a lot of work to be done because it doesn't it's, it's a lot of off-target stuff happens, which means it's attacking or changing things it's not supposed to, but we'll get past that. And this is gene therapy as I see it. This is the future. This is how you stop diseases.
1: Yeah. We'll see. Although they did say the same thing about um, siRNA, right? (laughs) The micro, the
0: whole thing, I know. That's a good point. But,
1: But I agree. You know, I share your enthusiasm for sure. So definitely the top um you know application of the year top science application of the year one of the runner ups on the from the science mag was that lymphatic vessels were discovered in the central nervous system and this one actually was under my radar i don't know if we covered this on the show i
2: don't think we Not, did
1: but that they basically yeah discovered um lymphs uh lymph- so lymphs can transfer um Fluids and whatnot throughout your body. They found that that structure within the central nervous system and what's and why is that a big deal? Uh, it's because this might be a way that uh, diseases from the CNS, such as multiple sclerosis, men- meningitis, and the big one, Alzheimer's, um, this might be one of the um, underlying methods by which those diseases develop. And so, it's just it was the
0: it was interesting alley. to me. Yeah.
1: Like remember talking about older stories that um Christian has a good memory of we had dis- discussed how there was like a new bone in the knee right like uh in 2014 or something It was like
2: a ligament oh, yeah.
1: or a ligament yeah. yeah yeah a new I mean this is almost bigger than that right Yeah I'm that,
2: surprised it, I'm surprised that flew under our radar
0: so that I was a big discovery. I forgot about that knee story. That How is it possible that, like, after 400 years of examining the human body, back right. to Leonardo da Vinci, like, we found a new ligament? <laughs> but even
1: more so that lymphatic vessels are in our CNS. What,
0: yeah, they must They must
1: have just... That's pretty important, I would assume, for anatomy, physiology.
0: Yeah, it's... Uh... Fascinating modern world. Did, uh, did
2: the, the other Alzheimer's one about prions make the list as well? Nope. Oh. But um.
1: talking about the list, uh, the other list that I was going off of was from um, oh, where from Wired Magazine, uh, All the Most Winningness Science from 2015. Um, interesting article. If you can uh, catch it, you can read about it. Otherwise, we're going to recap it here because I they, for me, they did a very nice summary of all the different top science stories, so I'll just burn through them uh, one by one. For uh, they said that the advances in commercial space flight were a huge deal in 2015. Elon Musk with SpaceX and Jeff Bezos, Bezos,
0: Bezos, Bezos, Bezos. I always hear Bezos.
1: Bezos with uh, Blue Origin, and was wasn't it Musk that just like landed his. Uh, Just a couple weeks ago.
0: It was super freaking cool. Yeah, and if you go to Facebook.com, you can see it, and and you go to our uh, Beta Sandwich podcast. Yep. Uh, And in
1: November, I didn't know this, but in November, it was ruled that private companies can keep and sell whatever they find in space.
2: Oh. that's Like (laughs)
0: asteroids and
1: shit, right? crap,
0: sorry.
1: (laughs) Uh, The other big story that was recent... um, almost seems more political but obviously there's science underlying it and that uh, wired claims the paris climate climate deal was a big uh, win for science in 2015 and then something i know that is near and dear to scott would be new horizons and the flyby of pluto i remember i'm uh, pretty sure you covered it
0: yeah i lost and my i lost my like crap newspapers. to that like that was just like like the most exciting thing ever for me <laughs>
3: Pluto actually stole your poop. I like this.
0: Literally, well, after it flew by Uranus. Boom! <laughs>
3: oh, well played. Well played.
0: <laughs> I've had that one holstered um, since I was eight, and I finally got to use it.
1: Beta science podcast bringing science to the premature level. All right. Uh, the next big story, and this um, also fell under uh, the radar for me, but it was the... Um, skill I guess or the performance of Ernie Muniz. Muniz, have you guys heard about this guy energy secretary Obama's energy secretary Mm -hmm. so you have to at least check out the picture because the other thing he's known for is having the best hair in science Um,
0: go to betasandwich.com click on today's episode you'll get to see his hair
1: (laughs) Uh, what he did uh, help do is he most likely has convinced Republicans in Congress to accept the US and Iran nuclear deal Um, by giving the the science behind it and why, from a scientific standpoint, why it was a good idea. Um, And this year, science is getting paid, finally. So Wired, I, I like this. They brought this to the forefront. They said that private money is flowing into science. They mentioned Google's $50 million investment in heart disease, Uh, the Y Combinator, which is that incubator out of the Bay Area getting involved in a bunch of different stuff, primarily synthetic biology, which has had $560 million dumped into it. So now we're not having to just lean on the government to help fund science, uh, Mm -hmm. private Institutions for good or bad, which we could debate, uh, are getting involved. But the government hasn't been sitting on their hands completely. Somehow they have added $2 billion to NIH and raised money for NASA, F- the FDA, and and NOAA. Well, and they've I also.
0: Mean, not to toot my own horn, and sorry to interrupt you here, but I'm pretty sure no, that had but- to do with me.
2: Um <laughs> I that's <laughs> right. You I, I, that's
0: right. I did lobby for an increase of funding to the NIH last year, but you know, you it's, know it's, we all you win. Know, I don't want to put the attention on me. The, the The article
1: mentioned you a lot, has a picture of you. I thought that it was just a coincidence, but yeah, yeah no, it's not. It. I
0: I was a I, I was, was what they call a key architect, if that's like the term you want to use
3: <laughs> in this. But um, you built a key. <laughs>
0: right,
1: uh sorry. and then finally which someth- something i like because this was a story that i did cover on the, the i think the only story i covered that got summarized by them but uh under the sub or subheading science gets better at being wrong they brought out that um center for open science which had launched that reproducibility projects so we had talked about uh, i had Brought up how there were a hundred canonical psychology experiments that were reran, with not even fifty percent of them were able to yeah. be recreated. When we sad. talked about it and made some perhaps um, insensitive remarks about um, psychology type experiments, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but the uh, we probably can't sit around for too long and act superior because uh, no sex center for open science is going after cancer biology next, so he'll also expose. I'm sure similar. Um, trends in what we might consider more traditional science
0: very interesting I'd be interested to hear what they say cool so that's a year in
1: review so Pluto CRISPR I'd say are the the top two for me Mm, very cool Spider-Man Spider-Man does whatever a (laughs) spider can (laughs) that's that's your outro now (laughs) (laughs) I'm okay with that okay (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes hey, everyone be will be getting their own recorded you, tidbits right? oh for for you you want to go
2: no i want to see you segue from spider-man to um male contraceptives
0: <laughs> well do, you, do we want milk because I, I i actually don't know how long we've been recording my new system i need to tweak because it could be anywhere from 35 to 50 minutes first
2: for go me. for it because i can make mine really short if we need to
0: Okay, um, so do we want me to talk about um, male contraceptive, or do we want to talk about? Ooh, these are both good. I'll do male contraceptive. Okay, um, so male contraceptive. Let me find my story here. Okay, yeah. So this has kind of been like the the I don't know what you call it the golden goose the 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 thing in the sky the pie in the sky we all want here uh, is something other than condoms to to prevent. Males from getting females pregnant. Um, as you know, everyone's talking about how we have female contraceptives and why don't we have, uh, I should say, birth control. Why don't we have male birth control? Why can't a guy take a pill and all this sort of stuff? People have been trying this for decades. Um, there's like something called Vasagel, which is really sketchy and has not been approved. And they basically, they, they've been doing this like in other countries. They'll take a polymer of beads, like a really minute about, they'll inject them into your vas deferens, which is the conduit for the sperm to the penile ejection zone. And what happens is is the sperm <laughs> hits these like these 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 like a, a one inch zone of polymer beads and the sperm can't get through. And it eventually filters through, but long after one has completed said act and it's not a a concern anymore. So that's no good here. Um, But someone else, I just bring that up as something people have tried and it's in trials, but nobody's thinking really, really too much of this here. But thanks to Senny in our lab who pointed this story to me. Thank you, Senny. Really cool story. A German carpenter by the name of Clemens Bimek has invented a valve. Which he claims will revolutionize contraceptive, and what it does is a uh, it allows a man to turn a flow of sperm from his testicles on or off with an actual toggle switch in his testicles. So what? <laughs> you're right. <laughs> True story. They call it the, or he calls it because his name is Clemens Bimick. Of course, everyone wants their namesake. The Bimick sper- uh, spermatic duct valve, and in our lab, we thought you just should have called it the stopcock, uh, would have been much better because it's (laughs) like a little valve. But, uh, um, so this is a quote from him. He says, many of the doctors I consulted didn't take me seriously, no crap. Um, but there were some who encouraged (laughs) me to go on tinkering and help me with their expertise. Uh, he also says that, um, uh, that he's developed this valve and it is ready to be implanted into 25 males uh, they have, and and it's in, trials are supposed to start later on this year and the idea is that these tiny valves they're less than an inch long and they weigh about a tenth of an ounce and they're surgically implanted into the vas deferens and and which is the duct as i said that carries the sperm from the testicles to the penis and what happens is is that this is it's really is a little toggle switch that goes in there, and and so you cut the vas deferens. You insert this in the middle. There's a little button on there that you press, and what it will do is it will redirect the sperm outside of the vas deferens into the testicular sac, uh, where it is absorbed by the body. Apparently, this is not a big deal. I mean, it's all sterile, and and I guess this is fairly common, and it's not that big of a deal to happen, and. If you press a little release trigger on the back, and you do all this by manipulating your scrotum, it's a hilarious thing to imagine, um, especially in the heat of the moment, uh, to make sure your duct is closed or opened or whatever version this is here. So you, if you want to, so imagine kind of pinching your sack, and if you hear a click, it means that you. So, yes.
1: not everybody can imagine. At least fifty percent, probably, of our listeners can't imagine. A third of a our listeners can't imagine. Yes. Oh,
0: well, they okay. can imagine what a sack looks like. I, I, I don't think. I feel like I've painted enough of a mental picture here. Do, want, do I need to be more graphic?
1: No, I'm just saying. You know, you got to relate to the audience, and you're only relating to a portion of them. <laughs>
0: Okay, I'm, I'm so sorry, ladies. I, I'm, I don't know what else to say. Imagine, if you will, you have a sac. And so there, this isn't getting better. I felt like I was on a fairly good explanation here. You have your vas deferens, you snip it. This can be done very quickly. They insert the little tube that goes in between it. The tube has a little, it's a valve. It's got a little switch on it. So once you've sewed everything back up and you're in the heat of the moment, you're ready, and you're like, well, nobody wants to get pregnant, you and you have to do one for each fast deferin. So you have to do this twice. You got one for each testicle. You have to press the little switch through the sack and it it will it will switch. And now it's just going to dump the contents of the testicles into the sack rather than allowing it to finish its intended journey. When you're done. You hold a little toggle switch on the or a little switch in the back and then you switch another thing and then it goes back to normal operation um that's the whole principle of it uh and apparently according to him it will work uh but other doctors have expressed concerns over this technology and i do feel a little like a little standing a little bit taller here because this is exactly what I thought when I when I heard about this and here's a quote from a doctor here he said my assessment is that implanting a valve could cause scarring where it meets the vas deferens uh, this is a German urologist and the scarring could prevent sperm from flowing even when the valve is open You're, because anytime you had a stent or you, you cut the body's very good at, at, at fixing that but it does it via scar tissue and the scar tissue tends to build up and you will basically clog the valve eventually um so nobody f- knows for sure if this is going to work but at least it's uh it's an interesting novel concept I would say the idea being that you can just willy-nilly no pills no anything there are people have tried certain pills and they cause like testicular shrinkage and all, like they cause you like your breast to grow all these things you know and you're not changing testosterone there's nothing hormonal here you're just flipping a switch and if it works hey I, I say power power to it, right? Like no, no, no big deal there. So, and you may ask yourself, well, why not just get like a, um, uh, what you, a vasectomy and then get it reversed if you want to do it because most guys aren't like from night to night saying, well, tonight's the night, let's like turn it on now and turn it off the next night. Like it's a decision you make over years. And, uh, but vast, uh, these vasectomies don't always, can't always be reversed and they don't always work exactly right. So this is an, uh, the idea behind this is just when you're ready. Hit the button. Everything's going to work normal. Otherwise, just let it go. So, um, I don't know. Would either of you, would anyone in this podcast be be interested? Now, you can abstain if you want, Carolina, from <laughs> responding.
2: Well, I do have a husband. I mean, yes. I, I, I vote yes because it doesn't actually involve my body.
0: <laughs> yeah, right.
2: <laughs> Which has always like been the, the biggest complaint.
0: Of- go ahead.
1: I, I mean, this maybe isn't the coolest thing. It's not like a uh, super strength getting, you know, or any, or like x-ray vision, but it's at least a step for uh, bionic transformations and me becoming the $5 million
2: man. There, there you go. All right. Well, I'm a little jealous now that you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> It'd yeah. be
3: like the $18 billion man at this point. Yeah. <laughs> they made that show today. Yeah.
0: There's always larger consequences than we imagine when we change hormones in people. So this being a simple mechanical solution, if it proves to be effective, I, I, I support it. I have no idea if it's efficacious, but the idea being that like... Hey, yeah, I'm all for it. I think it's a great idea. You I just don't see actually if they they
1: like carry this forward and like you know there's like that that woman arousal treatment that they're talking about. Maybe they'll stick like something inside the woman and then she could turn it on and they'll put the button like in one of her breasts or something. So now you have <laughs> couples like just like, well, which breast oh had the button God. to turn the arousal on? And like, oh, well, I think it's
2: yeah, you can like literally just get turned on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it'll force, it'll
1: Finally, force
0: a proper her use of the word literally. Yes. <laughs> Um. All right. Thumbs so this, up. It, it sounded so much more. Uh, Sixteen. We'll be talking about this one. When I practiced this story, it, it sounded like I I had such a professional mindset going into it, and it just devolved so quickly. Um, so you're oh welcome. Well. You're
2: welcome. So you know what's an Speaking even better sex, contraceptive? <laughs> <laughs> what? An even better contraceptive is talking about biometeorology. Mm. Mm. The study of how weather affects your body.
0: Is this like so it's this humid crazy... and my knee hurts?
2: Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. Because you hear that all the time, you know, grandma saying, like, oh, it's gonna rain today. Or so you feel it in your knee. Can you guys feel that? Do you do you ever get like a sensation in your bones or your joints?
0: Nope. When
1: Zero. The
2: weather's changing? Not at all. So so it it's typically happens to soul. people who have some arthritis. And um they, they claim that they can tell that rain is coming or, you know, when, when the weather is changing. Um, and some people believe it's due to cold weather or because of humidity, but it's actually most likely related to changes in atmospheric pressure. When uh, when a storm is coming, typically the atmospheric pressure drops and that would cause an expansion in your joint capsule. So basically a little bit more swelling and that could cause a bit of pain. Now, scientists don't exactly know how this works. Um, And it actually doesn't seem to matter whether you live in a really warm climate or a really cold climate. It seems that your body's pretty good at kind of adjusting to whatever your body's norm is or whatever your environmental norm is and sensing changes in that. So um, actually people in San Diego where there's not very much temperature change seem to notice this more. They're more sensitive or have more pain um, even in their very moderate, mild climate. Than people um, like say living in Minnesota, because where it can you, be very very cold.
0: The idea being that if you're in San Diego, you have such little variation in pressure and temperature that your body has kind of lost the ability to adapt to these big changes. Does that sound right?
2: Maybe, or maybe you're just a complainer if you live in San Diego and you're just sensitive to freaking everything. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> a
0: little jealous.
2: A little I jealous of people who live in San Diego. So <laughs> I did live there San for Diego years. Listeners. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, but but interestingly, so so this study of um, how how the weather affects your body, I was looking a little bit more into it. I didn't realize, maybe you guys already knew this, that people on average have higher blood pressure in the winter than in the summer. Um, which I guess makes sense because it's when when it's cold, your blood vessels will constrict. And so, uh-huh. also corresponding to this, for every 1.8 degree Fahrenheit drop in temperature, there are 200 more heart attacks in the U.S.
0: Oh, I have heard of that. And then also the daylight savings gives a lot of people heart attacks.
2: Yes, I do remember that. It's um, so pretty interesting. They speculate that, that the increase in heart attacks is, is probably partially due to the increase in in blood pressure with the cold weather. could also be that people are doing more um, strenuous activities like shoveling snow potentially, or it could be um due to more sedentary behavior. <laughs> so a few <laughs> different explanations for it. Um, but kind of a kind of an interesting, very small niche area of, of science that's not uh, not super we don't really talk about a whole lot, but I was just wondering like whether it's true that. Um, you can actually predict the weather using your joints, and it seems like there is probably some truth to it. Um, yeah,
0: because I've actually I've never heard an explanation as to why that may actually be, and I always assume, you know, of course, it's those, some sort of change in pressure. But yeah, it's. Um, I mean, yeah, sure, I'll buy it for now. Why not? Why not? Yep. Why not?
2: There's There's family family science history.
3: I don't
0: know I, I can that. drop it anytime I want. <laughs> <laughs> Christian. You got. Scott, some, you got some science history for us?
3: I do. Are you ready for these? Go team. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. So um, I have a theme because everybody loves a theme. Um, these all are women in science um that doesn't really affect so there's only one question Uh No, no no there's three different things but they're all related to either accomplishments by or about women okay okay but that doesn't like that that information is just the theme it doesn't really affect the what your choice is or anything okay so are you ready
0: i am ready ready
3: okay number one um Working with joints led to this model of how enzymes catalyze reactions. So, I want to know the year that the Michaelis-Menten equation was published.
0: Ooh, oh.
1: damn
3: it. And for people who Shit. don't know, I sh- I... Maud-Menten is a female. Last people don't. Yeah.
1: Oh, oh, I didn't okay. know that, actually.
0: Huh. Um, I
1: sh- would have known this if you asked me three years ago. Oh. Okay,
3: so that's the first one. We just, we're putting these in order, so... The first one is the year that the Michaelis-Menten equation was published. Um, the second option is Mary Anning found the first complete ichthyosaur skeleton.
0: Oh, okay. Okay.
3: Which is cool for Nevada because there's one of those up in the mountains. It's not the same one that this person found, but it is the same animal. So your second choice is when the first complete ichthyosaur skeleton was found. And the third one is... What year was the first Nobel Prize awarded to a woman for medicine? And I'll even tell you who she was. She was Barbara McClintock. And she the title of her speech was The Significance of Responses to the Genome to Challenge. Does anybody know what she studied? Say it again. Um, what Do you remember what Barbara McClintock studied? It was in like tons of our classes.
0: I don't, but give me the title again. That you just the significance
3: said. of responses of the genome to challenge.
0: Huh. Oh, it's this like a it sounds like Lamarck or something.
3: Transposons.
0: Oh. The young teen
3: She's gene lady. Okay, okay, so
1: so Christian, this might be a uh, uh not so subtle attempt to butter you up so that you uh take <laughs> mercy on me cuz I don't think I'm going to do so well, but this is awesome. This is a really cool uh uh one of my favorite um, yeah, not gonna help. quiz so far. I li- I like this. A topic very interesting. I had
3: I had fun making it, but no, it's really okay. cool. Well done. Okay, so just to recap, the year that the Michaelis-Menten equation was published, the year that the first complete ichthyosaur skeleton was found, and the year that the first Nobel Prize was awarded to a woman for in the category of medicine.
0: God, I sound, feel like they're going to be really bunched up, but they're probably not. Don't make me go first.
3: Scott, go first. <laughs>
0: Oh, my gosh. I'll say the oldest one is the Michaelis.
3: Michaelis meant an equation?
0: Yeah. Uh, Simply because women have been doing science for a long time, and I feel like that one's pretty old, and I don't think they let a lot of women dig up dinosaur bones because of the whole dress thing. Um, So I'm thinking that's a little more recent. So um, that's just my, my, my thought process.
3: Okay, so Scott is saying that
0: and Michaelis oh my 10. god I'll say
3: 1723 it's 1723 okay next uh Dell you seem you decide. just
1: you want to know the order of the three just
3: give us the fir- the oldest one it Ica- Ica-
1: Ica- Ica- uh Ica-thor- 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 Iky- the dinosaur,
3: Eosaur. Okay, and a year.
1: Hmm. Eighteen
3: fourteen. Okay. <laughs> and Carolina.
2: Uh, I'll just pick McClintock just to be different. Okay. I don't really think that one's it.
3: We have. We don't even need dates, but I'm, I'm curious. What date do yeah. you think that was?
0: There will be a definitive winner.
2: Yeah. Um. Let's go with. Uh,
3: 1860. 1860. All right. Um,
2: okay. So regress us to the mean, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, regress us <laughs> to the mean. <laughs> so I'm awesome.
3: I'm excited that you. I thought this was going to be easier than it was. However, we have a very clear winner, and I'm going to say that we have a winner who's closer than any winner has been in the history of the game to getting this the specific year.
0: Uh-huh.
3: And it's amazing because it's so long ago. Um wait, but we're not done yet. Del. Yeah, we what?
2: are. Dell, it's just there's, because there's he winner. buttered you up, dude. Yeah, the, the buttering works. <laughs> the
3: the ichthyosaur was in 1811.
1: No She's way.
0: <laughs> but wait, Dell, really I mocked, awesome. I laughed and mocked your year so that can't be you right. You did
3: which you is did? why I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> but I could not win. laugh at the time. The <laughs>
1: <A> double win.
3: <laughs> I actually muted myself and laughed out loud, but <laughs> so um the the truth is that the Mary Anning first found a complete ichthyosaur skeleton in Britain in 1811. Awesome. Um, she is known for finding a lot of really cool fossils and she wasn't actually even a trained scientist. She just like did enough hard work to become um, part of the, part of the literature community. And she found all kinds of transitional fossils between like shark, different sharks and all kinds of stuff. So she was really influential in early uh, paleontology. So that was in 1811. Um, Michaelis Menton was 1913 was the Uh year that that was published.
1: I would have got that wrong.
3: Um, And then, This is this is gonna blow everybody's mind. Barbara McClintock was the first woman to win a Nobel Prize in the category of medicine, and it was in 1983. Oh my God! (laughs) (laughs) How's that for blue right out the side of your head? So
0: 83. Jesus, depressing.
3: Part of her, she died like a decade later. Um, Part of her thing was that no one believed her. Nobody believed her for years and she fought and fought and fought and just did really great science and great research and by the end they were like literally nobody can argue with you. So she uh, she got a Nobel Prize. Yeah, fun fact. She was like she was like 70 or 80 when she got it. Like she was she had she'd put in the time and did the work but she earned it. So huh.
0: well speaking of regression so, to it. the mean um <laughs> Guess who wants to just throw a guess out there as to who is currently in the lead?
3: Um Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Delbert. Oh. Delbert is, is winning
0: he? with fifty
1: six percent winning. And with that and with that, I'm retiring from the beta sandwich
0: science
2: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <a> great time. <laughs> <I'll see you
1: laughs> I'll see you
2: gotta it. know one to fold, yeah. right? <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Christian is still dragging in last place at thirty percent. And then Carolina, yeah. and I are, are uh, vying for second at forty three and forty six percent, respectively. Uh we are regressing to said mean. This is a wonderful little science experiment in itself as to <laughs> at like episode 200 will it just be like 53 52 51 you know so
3: it it doesn't it doesn't blow my mind that i i'm not good at this game because i hate history i just it my brain doesn't process dates and things at all and names i don't care so no yeah, jeopardy in is, your future i'm actually at random right cuz we started out there basically three of us for most of these games so i'm a, a
0: yeah. There you go. All right. So uh, I feel like we're close to an hour here. It feels about right. Um, I actually downloaded a timer when we were talking about the game, so I will. Um, <laughs> next week, we'll actually know exactly how long we've been going. Um, Dobert, uh, were you able to prepare such delightfulness, or are we going past that? Hold on. Oh, I have a response for you. Hold on. Uh, for the love of
1: God, do not ask me to do an outro. <laughs> <laughs> If you, <laughs> if you are one of our beloved audience who tuned in to today's podcast, you were treated to the following illuminations. We found out that I love dog food. See if you do too by visiting carolinaskitchen.com. I knew you were going to do that. Nah. According to Christian, free will may be have have been proven in a computer versus human experiment. The next experiment out of this group will explore whether we have a soul and how many angels can dance on the head of a pin. Need some con- need some conversation starters? Ask your friends what they thought the top science story of 2015 was and then y'all are CRISPR before they can answer.
0: <laughs> Hello!
1: Taking, it. Taking a note from Ron Popeil, the bimexpermetic duct valve will sack away sperm with a handy dandy toggle switch. Jeez. Grandma's hip might be right. Stop. Carolina shared some results from the aptly named field of biometeorology. If any of these stories <laughs> are going to make a big impact this year, you can be sure your Beta Sandwich Science podcast team will keep you in the know. Science on, faithful listeners.
0: That's the end. That's <laughs> <Good. it>. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, always a pleasure. Delbert, you are the highlight of each show. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's...
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm flattered. A lot but of the I feel I bad. <laughs> we should probably stop recording the show. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I right. disagree. The today's quiz was the highlight for me. Again, I, not just because I was so dominating and amazing in it, but you know, I thought <laughs> wow. it was
0: it was put together
1: quite well.
3: <laughs> Thank
0: you. All right, uh, Christian, can you take us home?
3: Bye. And Carolina. Carolina. Go go
0: go. us on Facebook. That's all you need to swipe know. Us. Swipe us. on Tinder. <laughs> swipe swipe. Is it swipe right? Is that, right is that what you want? But but turn off the toggle switch first. Yeah yeah yeah. Stop the stop cock, and then yeah turn on the stop cock, and then swipe right. Isn't that? <laughs>
1: Well, this is the first, the first explicit uh, episode. Well done, No, the guys. second.
3: Probably not the second. No, th-
1: that was just for, cu- this is like X. That was R. This is, this is X.
0: It was all science awesome. Not right. meant for human consumption. Um, Carolina, you, you're doing really good at this. Just can you do the one thing that I'm not allowed to do? Because it's been like three months since we've had one of these.
2: Please rate us on iTunes. Makes Scott happy.
0: <laughs> that was. It was a wow. good rating. You really sold that. You should like, like, go sell cars or something. You're like,
3: buy this car.
0: It moves and uses gas. It drinks dinosaurs for fuel. All right. I just. I don't cool. Know where going. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.